Good morning, church. This is the sermon intended for May 3rd. We are heading into nearly two months of this quarantine, and I have to admit that I'm growing restless, and I miss you all greatly. As I've been writing the sermons during this quarantine time, I've been trying to find sermons that encourage you, and that's the direction this morning as we press into Romans 8.28, is I want to think about the truth that each one of us should have faith, this will all work out in the end. Max Lucado tells the story of Chippy the parakeet. Now Chippy was simply minding his own business one day, singing his song, when his owner decided to clean out his cage with the vacuum cleaner. During this, the phone rang and the, the owner went to answer it. And that's when things started to go horribly wrong for little Chippy. Without the guidance of the woman, the business end of the vacuum cleaner soon sucked up the bird and sent him into the dirt bag. Realizing what had happened, the woman tore open the bag, ripped apart, ripped apart the vacuum to find Chippy, fearing the worst. However, Chippy was not dead, merely stunned and covered with dust. The woman decided what he really needed was to be revived, so she ran to the bathroom sink and turned on the cold water and stuck Chippy underneath the flow. Now Chippy's cold and wet. So the owner decided what the bird really needed was to be dry, but not with a towel. She got out her hair dryer and blowed the bird off. Chippy went from being sucked up to being nearly drowned to being blown over in just a few moments. Several weeks later, the owner was asked by a friend how Chippy was doing, and she simply said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just kind of sits there and stares. I don't know about you, but during the first four months of this year, I felt a lot like Chippy. I have felt like it's been one punch right after the other. And I know that many of you have felt blindsided by all that's been going on, just like that poor little parakeet. And it's during times like this, even though sometimes I struggle personally with it, I feel that it is my responsibility as a pastor to continuously reach out and remind you of the simple truth of our faith that we will be okay. Listen, this will all be okay. God has told us that. He made a promise, and a promise of God is good forever. So this morning, I want you to take some time and find your place and position where you are able to enter with me into a, an attitude of prayer and meditation and reflection, where we can think on these truths that God is good and God is in control. And let's look at this verse, Romans 8.28, that outlines it beautifully. And then let's break this verse down bit by bit. Romans 8.28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And we know. We know. This world looks at the pain and the mania, and all they see is hopelessness and randomness. 
trying to make sense of any of this current situation or any of the general cruelties of this world is foolishness apart from God. But a Christian has confidence that God is in control. We have confidence that we are not alone, that we are never abandoned as orphans, as the scripture says. And to know something generally means to be aware of a truth based off of observation or information. To know something usually is to know it experientially. But in this verse, Romans 8, 28, the, the word can mean something that we just know inherently, like an instinct. And it, it's almost like when we've crossed over from death into life, when we've moved um, in, into a new station and identification in the Holy Spirit. Part of what that brings is a new understanding, a new wisdom imparted by the Spirit. We know the truth that God is God and He knows what He's doing. We know that instinctually. And certainly we grow in knowledge and confidence as we walk out this Christian faith, but the indication from the verse here is that we have been given eyes to the world as it truly is. We have a worldview that others cannot grasp. We have a privileged insight into the real workings of the world, and what that brings is that there is purpose in the madness. When the world sees nothing but atrocity, the Christian has the capacity to look past and see God. When the world panics over all of its worries, we know the truth that we have an eternal, all-powerful comforter. When the world sees evil rampant, we know that we serve the Almighty who holds the universe in His hands and who cares about us. When we see people dying from disease and economy struggling and families tense, we know there is blessing behind it all and to come. That's part of the understanding of the knowledge that we get when we become Christians. And we know. What is it that we know? All things work together for good. Really? O.S. Hawkins, in his book, The Joshua Code, wrestles with this beautifully when he says, When I meditate on these words, I am prone to ask myself, can I really believe this? Had the Apostle Paul had said some things, or many things, or even most things, it would be a bit more palatable. But all things? Well, all things includes a great many unfair and difficult things. And that resonates with me. You know, just a few verses later in this Romans 8 passage, Paul lists some of the things that would be afflicting the Roman church. He says, Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, danger, and sword are coming. How can he admit those things are coming, but still promise here that all things work together for good? Well, Paul had faith, a great faith. He had faith that those 
massive mountains that we see are molehills to God, that despite the negative, God's wisdom and goodness will still be triumphant. I have had some events in my life where my sorrow and anger and stress have pushed momentarily the faith out. I've had those moments where I said in my heart, God, I know this was not part of your plan. God, I know this is something that you can't bring good out of. God, this hurts too much for me to endure. And I know I'm not alone in having moments like this. We think that that one event in our life, that particular thread does not belong. But it is a mistake because God is weaving the whole tapestry And that thread of sorrow and difficulty makes sense to him and looks beautiful in the full picture. The point of this verse is that God is able to take everything that comes into our lives, the good and the bad, the exciting and the dull, the pleasurable and the painful, the joyful and the tragic, and God is able to use those things to work for ultimate good. When you doubt it, know it is biblical truth. All things means all things. And we know all things work together. The Greek word for work, synergy, is where we get the same English word, synergy. I used to get hit with the synergy word at work all the time. I don't particularly like the word anymore because it reminds me of 6 a.m. morning staff meetings. Synergy, though, was this idea in the workplace that every department, every person, every moment worked together in the best way possible to make the best result possible. And I think it's beautiful that our God is about synergy. We can take the bad and the good and bring them together in the best way possible to make the best result possible. I think of it like baking a cake. If you were able to take some of the ingredients and just eat them alone, some would be pretty gross. Ingredients like flour, raw eggs, baking powder, salt, they don't taste very good alone. Others kind of do taste good alone. Sugar, frosting, cocoa, they do taste pretty good alone. But when you bake a cake and you mix all the ingredients together, the end result tastes better than the ingredients alone do. And I'm going to call my brother Aaron out on the internet for all to hear. That is unless he is baking the cake. God is like the ultimate baker. He can take every ingredient of the life, your life, the good and the bad, and when he mixes them together, when he provides that synergy, when all things come together for a better good, the end result is always exactly the way God envisioned. It is beautiful. All things work together for good. Now, the good here 
refers to the ultimate complete completion of God's work in our lives. And we need to be careful to define good here, to, to define it with God's understanding and not ours, God's terms and not our terms. Good in the biblical sense never means fun or enjoyable or painless, but it's the completion of God's work in our lives. In the Greek New Testament, there is a word that is used quite often, and it's telos. And telos means completion, like the ultimate goal or aim or the one true purpose of all of this. It's the end game in, in the Bible, the fruition of all God's work, the pinnacle of the ultimate plan of God, the point where we are complete as human beings. We're all in, in paradise, sons and daughters, where the fullness of the world has been complete and the beautiful tapestry of history is done. It's what all human beings, all human history is heading for. Telos is the redemption plan of God, the salvation of the cosmos. This is the ultimate good. When we talk about good, this is the ultimate good that God is working in our lives. God desires all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And the full beauty and the wisdom of this plan of good will be revealed at the telos at the end. And let me slow down and say this with a lot of emphasis. The Bible makes it clear that this good plan of God works. It is impossible that it does not. The world ends with God exalted and his people fully redeemed and in paradise. God wins. Good triumphs. Believing that God is working all things for good is a simple and strong statement of faith. Christians must relent in their need to know everything, and they must relent in their unrealistic expectations that good means comfortable and easy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Life is difficult. And sometimes it's very difficult to simply trust that sooner or later the sorrows and pains and disappointments and losses will all work together for good. But doing so, that is hard faith. That is big kid in the realm of God faith. To believe none of this is random chance or fate, but that all things work together because they're part of a divine plan and purpose of the Almighty. I know it is going to be very difficult for you, a creature of the moment, to see the grand scheme. Oftentimes, to see the good, we have to have 20-20 vision. We have to be looking backwards to see the big picture because so many times we can't see it in the moment. I want to give an example of this. I was reading this week about London in 1666. Some parallels, you know, if you know anything about 1666, there's some parallels to today and what we're going through. The residents of London were dying at the peak, thousands every day. A new epidemic of bubonic plague had sprung up, 
and it was spreading from household to household because of the unsanitary conditions and the close quarters. Rats and fleas spread the, the germs throughout the city, but the people didn't know that. They had come up with all sorts of theories and cures, but none of them had anything to do with fleas. That year, 30,000 people had died in London, and that's back when London had a population of 100,000. Nearly a third of the population had died that year. The 1666 plague was so bad that today's medical experts say that the entire population of London would have died within a couple months if it had not been checked. But it was checked. On September 2nd, 1666, the Great Fire of London broke out and burned uncontrollably for five days. Most of the structures in medieval London were, were wooden, and almost the entire city was reduced to ashes. The people of the time cried out in despair, First the plague, now a fire, surely the judgment of God is upon us. What they didn't know is that the entire rat population and all the fleas had been destroyed in the fire. They ended up homeless, but the city ended up banding together and they survived the mild winter that year. And looking back now, experts can say that that very painful fire ended up saving the other 70,000 people in London. This is my belief. There are many, many terrible events throughout history. But I believe that you can see the blessings that come out of each one of them. You can see the handiwork of God. And often the comfort is greater than the sorrow. And it is the same with our situation now. There is a new plague. But I believe God's plan and goodness will shine in the end. All things work together for good. But if you've been paying attention, you know that I have skipped part of the verse. There are conditions to this statement. There are two defining clauses here. All things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purposes. The great promise in Romans 8.28 is not a blanket promise to the whole world. It is a promise reserved only for those who love God and for those who are called to his purposes. And those may seem as two separate ways to describe the, thing, the same thing, but they are different. But they do offer one complete picture. Paul is describing a true Christian. You see, Christians are people who love God, and we are people who are called to a purpose. Christians are men and women who are part of this strategy of God to bring goodness back into the universe. God is working out his purposes to restore the universe to a state of holiness where evil is conquered and sin is abolished and, and death and sadness are no more. And God has called certain people to participate in this purpose. That is who we are. Guess what? You are one of the special people, a lover of God, who is part of his purpose. You've been called out of the world by the Father and you are useful to him. This verse claims that every follower of Jesus Christ 
no matter their circumstances, no matter how minimal they may feel in the kingdom, is included in God's plan. We are called according to his purpose. You are part of this this telos, this plan to bring the world to a place of goodness, justice for evil, redemption for the loss, an end to suffering and pain. It, it doesn't really matter where you are. You can be a Christian in North Korea or in the Roman Colosseum, Africa or America, Council Grove to Calcutta, 1st century to 21st century. Every follower of Jesus Christ from the birth of the church in the book of Acts until the end of the age when Jesus comes again is both a beneficiary of this promise and an actor to bring it to fruition. We are all part of a team. All things are working together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. We are blessed by the promise and part of the promise. We are blessed because we know God is working things out for us. And we're part of it because we were called to his purpose. And we are part of his purpose. And we can be good at a world, uh, in a world where so much is bad. I've been thinking a lot about the practical ways that we experience this and teach this. We do God sightings here, um, new and goods. We do it at Bible studies and youth group, and they're more than just a time filler. I hope you know that. You see, it says in this verse that Christians know both inherently and through experience that God is working for good. We have been given eyes to see in the mind of Christ to recognize the, the grand plan. And we can see good in the bad, hope in the mess. We can find comfort in the unfair and evil because we have a God who is actively working in our world. The God sightings are a practical way for us to use spiritual eye muscles to recognize the little things that are working for good in a, in a world that often seems out of control. It is an important exercise of faith. And so I want to hear from you this week. We just said all things work together for good, for those who love God and for those who are called to his purposes. If that is something that describes you, I want to hear from you this week and for you to tell me where you have seen God active, where you have seen the behind the scenes plan of God's true intentions, of his wisdom, of his goodness, and share it. Share it so that we may mutually increase in faith and in the trust that God has the whole world in his hands and we will get out of this and we will see the blessing. Sometimes, like I said, it will be in 2020, but we will see the blessing in hindsight of what God has done to take care of us. Please share where you have seen him working and God bless you this week.